What are we doing? Oh, we're recording we're doing a, podcast. a podcast about the v- movie experience called Munchies. Not to be confused with Munchie, which I watched over half of before realizing I had the wrong movie. I'm very glad I didn't do that. Can you give us a quick review of the first half of Munchie? Yeah, so uh, basically there's this total, there's this kid who's going to middle school, I guess, but he's like a total geed and all of the frat stars beat up on him. And then he makes friends with this creepy fucking Dom DeLuise puppet named Munchie, who looks kind of like a greaser, but also kind of not. And like introduces himself by singing Hello, My Baby. And it's very... This kid deserved to get beat up. Like it was a 90s kid who definitely deserved to have school bullies beating him up. That's a bold statement, Kat. I mean, like, this little dweeb was, like, first of all, his mom was smoking hot. I mean, whose mom isn't? His stepdad had a mustache that was a hair crime. Oh, there were lots of hair crimes in Munchies. Mm -hmm. Although that might have just been 80s hair. Um, I mean, yes, the (laughs) 80s was a hair crime and then like i don't know it basically just like he got bullied by both other students and his teachers damn that's very 90s yeah but like you don't have that happen unless you're a total geek who like in college joins the quidditch team fair 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 i suppose Kat, are you pro-bullying? Is this the stance you're taking for Unsound Theories episode 16? Is <laughs> bullying is okay, depending on who you bully. Bullying is okay if they deserve it for just being the worst kind of dweeb. Um, Alright, not, not a take I expected from uh, us as a podcast. I guess this uh, is our official I don't know stance you, now. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a jock now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I started like riding bikes and watching sports in my free time, so I'm a jock now. God damn it, Kat. <laughs> I predominantly wear sleeveless t-shirts. Oh my god. Like, I am currently wearing my Neo Scum Good uh, Racerback tank top and Kat, a sports why, bra. Why have you done this to me? To you? To me personally. I have to record funny. a podcast with a jock. I mean, like, I yell Jesus about Christ. sports to my partners, like, all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe episode 16, we're taking this turn. It's my heel turn, to put it in wrestling terms. And there I go back to being a nerd by watching fake sports. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for returning to the fold. We should talk about munchie. Munchies. We should start the podcast. We should. Okay, so technically none of that was part of the podcast, huh? That's not canon. It can be. Emma, put a bunch of that in somewhere after the intro. Or or before the intro, or at the end of the podcast. Just litter random words from that throughout the rest of the podcast. Thanks, Emma. Also, Emma, if you could put a car horn, but like not a beep beep, more like... Just randomly somewhere in the episode, that'd be also, great. Emma, if you could mail me some ketchup, I'm running low. If you could mail me some all-dressed chips, I'm out. <laughs> like maybe a 48-pack. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. Oh god, I forget the intro. Okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> Fuck me. <sighs> Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler, we don't. And sometimes we watch the wrong movie. So, um, we watched Munchies. We watched Munchies. It was... It was about what you'd expect from a Gremlins ripoff. It was ex- exact. I. It was more than I expected from a Gremlins ripoff. I well, like, okay. So maybe we should explain to the listeners what's going on. Okay. So, so we start off at an archaeological dig. Oh, I, I mean, like with the generalized 
theming of the next three episodes after this one and this one. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. We're watching Gremlins knockoffs. Gremlins was a successful movie, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Which is why we're watching all of the ripoffs and not the original. <laughs> I haven't actually seen Gremlins. I saw it probably... How old am I now? I have no idea. I don't even know how old I am, Cat, Time has stopped existing. That's fair. I am planning my Halloween costume. I, I bought stuff for my Halloween costume in August, so time doesn't matter. My work, like, every year the branches have, uh, like, a Halloween th- costume contest where mm-hmm. every branch is supposed to, like, everybody there is supposed to dress up in a theme. And they asked me what the theme should be, and I said She-Ra, because, obviously, mm-hmm. and none of them have ever heard of it. None of them have heard of She-Ra? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I was crushed and disappointed. Like a penny on a train track. Like, not that I want to see my boss in a crop top, but... But it would be it funny would if be they, like, full-blown <laughs> committed. <laughs> it would be so good. Okay, so... Let's actually get on topic and talk about munchies. Yeah, let's do it. So we open the movie with some grave robbing, grave robbing, a little bit of motion sickness as well. And a guy who has a Benjamin Lafayette Cisco like obsession with baseball. <laughs> Does he love the baseball? I didn't catch on to that. He I, he's wearing a San Francisco Giants hat. Oh, okay. Him. He has like in the opening seat and he has a baseball glove and a baseball in a very inappropriate place to bring a glove and ball, which is an indication that he has a Captain Cisco like unhealthy obsession with baseball. He is a bad archaeologist. Very bad. Like, okay. Uh, So my notes say some grave robbers are trying to unearth some shit from an old tomb or vault or something. Instead, they steal a living creature. Cool, cool, cool. Nothing Uh, unethical about this scenario. He also, and I was very disappointed in this movie, Creators. Mm -hmm. He takes a little vial of like glowing green liquid. And that never comes up for the rest of the fucking movie. Like, it's just so bad. Like, you don't set up Chekhov's green vial of liquid and then not pay it off. Exactly. Like, excuse me, movie, please. (sighs) But he does lure a living creature into a fucking duffel bag with some chocolate and then steals it. Which, like, okay, we know for a fact that chocolate is incredibly poisonous to dogs, cats, and all other kinds of small animal, partly because of the trace amounts of caffeine. Chocolate is supposed to be, like, more or less in its, like, chocolate form rather than just raw cacao kind of poison yeah why would he give it to a small creature like that because he's bad at what he does like there there's a distinct chance knowing what we know about non-human animals and their reaction to chocolate that it would kill them well and yet he still feeds the munchie this fucking piece of knockoff hershey's chocolate yeah yeah that that happens and then he stuffs it in a duffel bag and just sort of flies it home from from Peru on the on an airplane with a living creature in a duffel bag and they let him through customs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, this was pre-9-11, so shit was just like a free-for-all. I guess, but still, Jesus Christ. But yeah, no, like you generally have to declare wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just smuggled a mammal into the country and then brought it home with him so that his weird neighbor can steal it. Because for some reason, his neighbor, who, as far as I can... Also his landlord, I assume. Is that his landlord? I think so. Okay. That guy owns, like, everything. I did, like, literally every time they turn on the TV, there's a commercial with that dude in it for a different business. So, like, he owns uh, all of businesses in this town. Mm -hmm. Um... Which is wild. And he, for some reason, spies on his neighbor using an Elvis statue. Mm-hmm. 
Like, this guy has a very, very eclectic sense of style. Yes, extremely eclectic. Um, his hair is a complete hair crime. Oh, he's he's a, he's a crime boy for sure. <laughs> he is a hair crime boy for sure. Um, I, I, I wrote in my notes, fucking evil landlords, SMH, like there are actually any good landlords. Yeah. Well, okay. Also, I do want to note that um, before they even get home with the critter, um, they are pulled over by the police. And I do want to commend this movie for accurately per- portraying cops as completely in sort of bumbling, incompetent, power tripping dipshits. Yep. Uh, so, so well done, Munchies. You, you did that one good. Um, uh... We see a commercial with the landlordman who apparently owns a steakhouse, but the steakhouse serves tater tots. And yeah. if that doesn't feel incredibly 80s to me, I don't know what does. I mean, I do love a tater tot. I love a tater tot. But if you have a fancy steakhouse, like tater tots are the scraps left over from making french fries in a factory. The tater tots will sort of come up later. Later tots. <laughs> um so this guy and his girlfriend guys because they've been the not the main archaeologist who leaves for some reason is that okay is that guy his son his son or his assistant i don't know who lives with him yeah and his girlfriend and and assist son assist son assistant's uh girlfriend lives with them for some reason um they get maybe they just are all roommates because um you know archaeologist salaries don't pay that like you don't have a high salary as an archaeologist you have to live with people true um so they because sunsistent has been gone for however long at this dig and he gets back and him and his girlfriend get to fucking because she wants that dig she (laughs) he did so many crimes against sex in this scene maybe i don't know okay Okay. my vibe with it my vibe with it is if you're enjoying the sex it's not a crime okay first of all he brought a giant inflatable hammer okay and was like hitting his girlfriend in the knee with it okay what if what if she has an inflation kink an inflated hammer kink yeah, you stick it like under her shirt and like, oh, look, you're inflating. Psh, psh, psh. No, but he was just like hitting her in the knee, like checking her we, reflexes. We didn't see with the it. actual kinky sex they had. Okay. This is just okay. the aftermath. Okay, cat, that's crime number one. Okay. Uh, crime number two, they he he's wearing dirty socks. That is a crime. I will, <laughs> I will agree with that. He's wearing nasty, dirty gray socks mm-hmm. while they're fucking. It's bad also he incorporates like a little fake laser gun into it again they could be doing uh alien and space explorer role play i think that's fair i feel like this man this man is a child and doesn't actually know what sex is potentially he does have a max headroom statue in his bedroom (laughs) i don't know if you noticed that but there is a bust of max headroom i did not notice that Christ um, alive. So the the currently benevolent form, because the munchie transforms. It does transform. Transforms from benevolent form to malevolent form. Benevolent to malevolent after it is stolen by a creepy landlord and his We did miss one part. The munchie does get in bed with them. Oh yeah, it does. One of the key facts about the munchie is that it is very horny. They horny. I wrote in my notes. Lamau, it's called a munchie because it eats pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll allow it. Because, like, they're under the covers, they're f- the, the boyfriend and girlfriend are facing each other, and, and she's like, ooh, what are you doing there? That's new. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. And she's like, but what? <gasps> oh my god. But this guy loves it. He, he's got big, like, big cuck energy on this boy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because that'll come up later, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that comes up. There's a lot of stuff that comes up later that's established in this opening scene. Yeah. Um. So, neighbor and son steal Munchie. So, the um, neighbor and the I neighbor, think the neighbor's, like, deadhead son. So, the neighbor is obsessed with, like, Elvis and rockabilly and all that. 
Yeah. And also abusing his son. Yes. I do you think it's his son or just like I think it's his goon. son. I'm pretty sure it's his son. Okay. I'll take your word for it. We'll refer to him as his son. He just like slaps and like knees his son in the balls. But he loved his fish. Love him fish, not love him son. Yes. His fish children rather than his human child. Yes. Which also comes up later. Very soon, actually. Yes, it does. So they kidnap the munchie. Yeah. The munchie, being a curious little fellow, starts to bother the son while the son tries to listen to the Grateful Dead on vinyl, I assume. Yeah. Which, like, why on earth would you listen to a jam band's studio albums? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a Fish fan, but I have listened to literally zero studio albums of theirs. That's extremely valid and that's a brave stance i'm taking by openly admitting that i'm a fish fan <laughs> it's it's a bold stance podcast day i guess it really is we're pro bullying and listen to fish <laughs> we're pro bullying when they deserve it <laughs> very rare that they deserve it but occasionally people deserve to be bullied especially when they're like smart asses fair okay um, so the munchie bothers him and he tries to kill it. He throws it against the wall and beats it up or whatever. And then it goes through its freezer transformation into its final form. Yeah. And it like bites his hand. So he takes a gun and tries to shoot it. And then he does he, shoot it. it yeah, heals he does from shoot being it. shot. Yeah, it's a powerful creature. And then he chops it into pieces with a kitchen knife. Mm -hmm. And this is where the wild shit really starts beat oh after it fucking uh harpoons him with a fondue fork in the leg yes he gets fondue forked in the leg <laughs> so the pieces of the critter each regenerate into a full new critter i do want to note they also each get their own robes they've they were they're wearing like weird jedi robes and mm -hmm. their robes regenerate into new robes also yeah that one threw me off a little bit but you know it is what it is yeah, um, and then Sunsistent and Girlfriend get Stop home. Stop fucking and realizing that the munchie is missing. Yeah, yeah, and then they find the bunch of munchies with a gun on the neighbor's house or something like that. Mm -hmm. And his girlfriend does a little strip tease for them to distract them. Yes, because again, we have established the munchies are incredibly horny so all the time. They're so horny. Holy shit. I mean, like, if you were a stone statue for thousands of years, you'd be pent up too. Uh, they horny. Yeah. So they gotta get their rocks off. Yeah. And Sunsistent, who I just need to note, very upsettingly looks exactly like my dad looked in the 80s. <laughs> Can you text your dad and ask him if he was in the movie Munchies? <laughs> I, I will ask. I'll ask here. Yeah, let's we'll do this live on air. Hey, dad, were you in the 1987 movie Munchies? We'll see. We'll, we'll come back to that and see if he responds. Is your dad's name Charlie Stratton? No. Okay, I just want to check. It might be a uh, a screen name. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, a nom de plume, but for <laughs> actors. <laughs> what? What? Uh, uh, a nom de plume? I am... A pen name. I know, I know. I'm just trying to think of what that would be for actors. A nom de tage. No, it can't be that. I'm sorry. But that's literally a name of the stage. Yeah, that's fine, but this is not a cool pun. Okay, fine. <laughs> so he throws a garbage can over the munchies while his girlfriend distracts them. By stripping. And then they explode it with a gun. Yes. They're covered in banana peels and other yeah. things. And Banana peels are always seem to be in people's garbage, but like, I don't know. I haven't had a banana in years. Okay, there's a reason for that. <laughs> they'll probably kill me. They, they won't. I mean. I know they won't. Um, on a semi-related note, I bought this RPG called Let These Mermaids Touch Your Dick, Maybe. I want to play that so bad. But the problem is, part of the game requires that you eat a lot of bananas. Like a lot of bananas? Like a lot of bananas. Because here's the thing, Kat. They always tell you to avoid the nanos. 
But do you know what has more potassium than nanners? Potatoes. And avocados. And spinach. So, like, do you have to eat them? It is part of the game. What if you use something other than bananas? I guess you could use carrots. I was going to say, carrot that shit. Yeah, you could probably carrot that shit. I mean, there's a bit more involved in peeling them, but... So the game requires a large dildo with suction cup. The floppier, sparklier, and bigger, the better. <laughs> a pack of a pack of glitter, edible if possible. Some of those floppy jelly hand flapper things, one to a person. <laughs> the kind you can loop around a finger and that stick to things. Yeah. Bananas like a bunch of them. And a CD of ocean music, preferably with a smooth jazz backing track. Oh my god. I love this game already. So, like, the whole game is uh, that you have to throw the flappy hands at the dildo, and whoever gets the best grip on the dildo, as judged by everyone else, has to eat a banana, while the rest of the players describe how that mermaid goes down on the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Where does the glitter come in? After After each round, you put more glitter on the dildo. (laughs) that's it it's just to make the dick look more enticing as it glistens from the ocean sun okay but you could just instead of eating a banana just just throw the dildo you could and that's where the edible glitter comes in exactly like there's no nanners required in this mind your nanners (laughs) we should talk about munchies some more probably but yeah everyone go out and buy let these mermaids touch your dick maybe it's a good game yeah and you don't have to eat bananas you can just deep throat the dick (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely not a game to play with your straight guy friends or it is yeah you have the bananas on standby in case they don't want to go down on a dildo (sighs) fucking cowards Hey listeners, so it's been a while, hasn't it? I want to thank you all for your continued support. The last few months have been pretty difficult for me on multiple fronts, and unfortunately Unsound Theories has been one of the areas in my life that's been hit the hardest. I'm glad to say that things are starting to quiet down a little bit around here, so you can expect some fresh new Unsound Theories in the coming weeks and months. This week we have some pretty exciting news to announce. Cat's game, Fear is Just a Lie, is featured as one of the top-tier games in the Translegal Fund Bundle on itch.io. All proceeds will be going to the Good Laws Translegal Defense Fund, which is supporting legal fights for trans rights in the UK. The link will be in the show notes. We really hope you check it out. Back in Sosa's land, we have some awesome specials coming up next week. Next Friday, December 25th, we're releasing our Chicks with Dice holiday special. Join myself, Erica, Aaron, and Kat as we tackle a capitalist hellscape mall on Christmas Eve day in the Mall Kids Ho Ho Holiday Expansion. Also hitting podcast feeds next week is our year-end marking out with my girlfriend wrestling awards show, The Markies, where we celebrate the wrestling highlights of the year. Kat and Aaron will be streaming that live tonight as I record this, so be sure to check it out when uh, the podcast edition drops next week. Finally, if you're able to support us financially, you can head on over to our Patreon and show us some love. There you'll find Patreon exclusives like our monthly Chicks with Dice one-shot, patron-only cuts of Unsound Theories, this episode has some really good cut content, and more. Check it out at patreon.com slash unsoundtheories or visit the link in the show notes. Thank you all for sticking around. I don't want to take too much of your time, so let's get back to some Unsound Theories. Anyway, munchies. Where were we? Oh, the munchies steal a car. Yes, they do. They and they go for like a real long joyride that lasts about half the movie. Yeah, they they went. They did a lot of shenanigans while driving. They like exploded some grandma's car. Mm-hmm. They like got into a little road war with her, yeah, and she, she threw firecrackers at them. Yeah. She like she was a badass. Yeah, kudos to that that granny. Um, good, but good job on being a badass. Then they shot her car and it exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ran some uh, motorcyclists off the road into a river. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What else? They 
tormented some girls who were swimming in a lake and like yeah removed one of their tops because again they relentlessly horny so horny oh god i mean same but like no right but they're non-consent conscience yeah that's that's the big difference they're just the worst they're they're 80s horny yes they're not 20s horny (laughs) <laughs> Which I believe I've seen referred to as the Roaring Twenties, R A W R. Oh my god! <laughs> I because love we're that. bringing back Roar XD. That means I, I love you, a dinosaur. I love you. I love. I love this. So everyone's just gonna be emo again. I am okay with that, honestly. I missed that whole thing when I was in high school on account of the the whole. Yeah. Yeah, no. I- um didn't didn't get to be an emo girl, so I'll take it. Round 2. Here we go. I did wear girls jeans back in high school and middle school. Anyway, and uh, god damn. Okay. So <laughs> we're having a real tough time staying on topic with this one. Yeah, we are. It's just that like there's not a lot to talk about with this movie. Yeah, it's just like they do some shenanigans. The munchies go through and, like, they destroy a bunch of stuff. They harass an ice cream family. Yeah. They harass some little people who work at a McDonald's knockoff. Yeah, which is, I believe, owned by the villain guy with bad hair. I believe so. That's kind of the vibe I got. Like, he basically owns the whole town. It's very much a Scientology thing. Yeah. So what if that's the angle of this movie? There's also a point where, um, like, evil guy and his wife get home and find their son dead. But they're okay with it, because they immediately transition into doing foot stuff. Yeah, and I mean, the, the dude especially is, like, so much more upset about his fish being dead than about his son being dead. Yes, like so much so that they don't call the coroner for a while. Yeah. And then they just leave the dead son in his chair. And then in the middle of them doing foot stuff, while one of the cops is in their house, uh-huh. A another cop in like SWAT gear busts down the door for some reason. Possibly and then due his- to the report of this like a like someone reported smelling a dead body. <laughs> But there's a cop already there in the house. Right, but he's making iced tea. And then the wife, like, gets up and kisses the the SWAT cop. I don't know what this movie was. This weird, movie had, wild, and way too horny. This movie had a weird thing with, like, women in relationships and cops. Yeah. Cops aren't sexy, though. They're extremely not, but this movie wanted us to think... So, or maybe it's just like the dude is so awful that even a cop is an upgrade. That's a possibility as well. Uh, There's like a whole bunch of stuff that happens. They have like a grand reopening of a mini golf course that this guy who owns everything owns. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I wrote in my notes because there's a section in this scene where the... So the camera does a tilt down onto some like marching band in a like native american horribly horribly racist so i wrote it i wrote in my notes i wrote my notes oh good the all county cultural appropriation band (laughs) i don't know what the fucking deal with that was when everyone starts to play all of the characters congregate to play mini golf in like the middle of the night assuming that the munchies have just got away yeah but instead they're like picking up some girl skirts yeah typical and then they start attacking and everyone runs away and the munchies get away and they escape like down a hole or something and sun assistant and his girlfriend get arrested and then they're sitting in the cop car and she starts like coming on to the cop and Sun Sistant is extremely into this. Yeah, he's like very content and happy about it. He's just like looking over and grinning and he's loving it. Absolutely loving it. Really just 
enjoying the fact that he's getting cooked yeah right there in the car just fucking loving it absolutely getting off on this um and then they arrive at like a warehouse or it's a secret underground bunker i think it's where okay so uh the the evil landlord is trying to sell these things that he's branded as the snacks of the future yes which we may contain asbestos and agent orange among other things (laughs) no asbestos was the tater tots oh asbestos tater tots right yeah which is yeah yeah they 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 end up in like his snack factory that's full of like barrels of toxic stuff including agent orange and asbestos and stuff like that for some reason um the official snack of uh, Soviet cosmonauts, in fact. He's advertising it as. Yeah, um, it's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do they discover that electricity turns the the munchies back into statues. Mm-hmm. Um, and a sort of final battle ensues where they turn all the munchies into statues and break all of them except for one. Because you gotta have a sequel set up. Right. Um, Which, yeah, basically that's the end of the movie, more or less. Oh, and then Evil Guy and his wife get arrested because the cops show up and they discover all of the horrible toxic chemicals in his snacks. And that's the movie. Basically, yeah. That's the whole movie. That's it. We did it. Um, Oh, I I just want to make some notes. Leave it to the pigs to be entirely useless when people need help. Because yeah. one of the cops insisted on continuing to mini golf. Yeah. Also, I did notice uh, another thing. Uh, they they absolutely fucking nailed cops in this movie. Because um, one of the cops is still wearing his like fucking riot helmet. Mm-hmm. And the munchies start throwing golf balls and he is deterred. Yeah. No. Um, deterred by throwing small objects. Yeah, no, that that's very, they, very they pretty much got cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the we end with another archaeologist taking the sta- driving away with the statue and his truck gets hit by lightning. And that's the end of the movie. Also, I assume that Sunsistent and his girlfriend go have some weird sock sex again. Just nasty, sweaty, dirty socks from the ordeal they had, and she mm-hmm. is gonna snorf them so deep. Do you think there's sock sniffing involved? There's gotta be sock sniffing involved. There's no other way for it to make it's. It's gotta be part of their thing. I mean, like they, yeah, like there's they, no other reason for him to be wearing dirty socks during sex. They like. They definitely are into, like, a lot of really gross and weird shit. Yeah, I mean, it's the 80s. So, like... Yeah, there's a lot of very uncomfortable stuff that happens in this movie. I, I've i heard, uh, from what I've, like, experienced, I think this one might be the horniest of the three, of the four, rather. Okay. It's very so horny. I, I assume it'll get less horny and more creepy or scary. But who knows? It was the 80s. Yeah. I don't remember Gremlins being explicitly horny, though. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Racist, yes. Horny, uh, no. Yeah. Lots of racism in these movies, I'm sure we'll find. Yep. So, would we like to... Tell me... Tell me okay. what it's about. Yeah. <clears throat> Munchies is a 1987 comedy horror film starring Harvey Corman, Charlie Stratton, and Nadine Vanderveld, directed by Tina Hirsch, the film editor for Gremlins. It was directed by a woman? That's... The film features a remarkably similar plotline. It spawned two, two, in-name-only sequels. (laughs) Munchie, the movie I watched first, and Munchie Strikes Back, which possess no relation to the original, save for the film titles. That's wild. I would not, I would hardly, hardly count those as sequels. Yeah, it's not even, from what I understand, the same Muppets. No, it's not. Okay. Also, the Muppet is played by Dom DeLuise. Also, it's not a Muppet. Muppets are 
much better looking than these things. Fair. It's like a weird puppet bad thing. Yeah. Okay. So the summary of this movie on Wikipedia is the most bare bones summary we've ever come across. Yeah, okay. The protagonist, space archaeologist Simon Waterman, discovers a fossilized munchie in a cave in Peru and accidentally reanimates it. Bringing the specimen back to the United States, Waterman's son and girlfriend name it Arnold. Cecil Waterman, Simon's evil twin brother and a snack food (laughs) entrepreneur, kidnaps Arnold while Cindy and Paul are making out. Now, at this point, we haven't been introduced to Paul. We haven't been introduced to Cindy. Now, just that I assume that they are the son and girlfriend, respectively. Cindy the the son and Paul the girlfriend. (laughs) Yes, exactly. When Arnold is hurt by his kidnappers and becomes aggressive, they switch pronouns for the munchie from him to it and maybe the munchie uses him it pronouns i can respect that (laughs) uh when arnold is hurt by his kidnappers it becomes aggressive and attacks cecil's adopted son attempting to kill arnold they chop him into quarters instead of dying arnold multiplies into four new munchies the quartet of creatures develop a love of women beer attacking people and junk food in the process that is the full extent of the summary they Okay, that's all? This is the most bare-bones Wikipedia page we have come across for any of these movies. That's amazing. I will say the Amazon reviews, also pretty bare-bones. I had to dip outside of Amazon to uh, find some good ones. Although yeah. there were a couple of gems on Amazon. This one might be a quick episode, I'm because we've got like 10, 15 minutes of tangents and we've only been going for an hour. Yeah. I mean, it was well, a it was a simple movie. We can also read the plot summary of Munchie, the spiritual sequel. The spirit. Well, I have. Do we want to do we want to do some reviews? I've got I've got three good ones. Yes. Okay. Um, I just want to see if there's anything else to the production for Munchie took place over the course of 15 total days. Okay. So this movie was effectively made in 15 days. There's no budget information or anything like that. Uh, I can't imagine there was much budget. Obviously not nominated for any awards. (laughs) Really? Are you sure? So let's hear those Amazon reviews. Okay, we have a three-star review from Dan titled Good, which reads... Good. One person found that helpful. Yeah. Uh, We also have... uh, (laughs) Five star... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A five star review by Andrew Stewart called... Titled, Hey... Is this guy Perry Mason or what? (laughs) I see why you struggled to get through that one. Oh, just wait. (laughs) This review was written on June 2nd, 2004. Okay. It reads... I can't believe that guy figured out I'm not the real M. Night Shyamalan. I did, however, direct The Sixth Sensei, a movie about a couple of college students who travel about Japan looking for the perfect Japanese sensei disco house. When they arrive at the sixth one that night, they all flip out upon realizing it's filled with clones of Martin Short. In the end, there's a bloodbath when Rip Taylor arrives in Nagasaka with a barrel of hydrochloric acid and douses the clones. Give it a try. You won't regret it. Did they review another movie on, <laughs> on on the Munchies review page? I don't know, but there's a comment on this review that I'm also going to read from James okay. Penny. Okay, take us home, James. <laughs> Funny stuff. I'm a comedian, and this guy is clever. I have to say, I also grew up in the 80s, but wanted to see the R-rated films my parents wouldn't allow me to see at the time. By the time Munchies came out, I was watching Friday the 13th Part 7 and other gore and nudity fests. Munchies escaped me. Now that I'm as suppressed and horny as I was, I'll check this little 80s kid flick out. (laughs) When was that that response written? 
uh nine years ago so what do you have what reason do you have to be that repressed and horny in 2011 seven years after the original review was written and uh, again like nine years before anyone had any excuse to be that horny due to lockdown <laughs> exactly um did we accidentally watch an incel movie did we i think we did oh no if you chop an incel into pieces does it regenerate into more incels yes that's why black pill incels produce more incels oh i hate that would you like the final review yes please this one is on imdb this stalin says Gives it three out of ten stars. Okay. And the review is titled, If It Is Good Enough for Melvis. An excellent performance by Alex Elias highlights an otherwise misdirected and confused pile of dreck. I have seen this movie perhaps 12 times, and with each run-through, I find less and less pleasure. Why are munchies- Who the fuck is Melvis? I think it's the name of the town that the movie takes place in. Okay, hold on. I'm going to continue reading this. Yeah, please do. Why are munchies so lustful? Is that ever explained? Are they a reflection of our wanton, boorish animal selves? If they are, why not make it more obvious? Why not peel back just a touch of the subtlety that plagues this movie and make that connection explicit? Another part of this movie that bothers me to no end motorcycles the jacket the little monster wears on the front cover seems to suggest streetwise traveler the sunglasses say pretty cool dude with all this i'm ready for easy rider meets the muppets all i get is munchies 1987 what gives stick to the gremlin series if you're a fan of diminutive wisecracking reptile puppets it'll give you the treatment you deserve i would like to note from the cast since this was a topic I, I, did we talk? Did we talk about Star Trek? We talked about um, Benjamin Cisco and his baseball. Yes, we did. Okay, um, Ice Cream Dad was Robert Picardo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. So, like, you have the emergency medical holog. What if? Okay, theory. Okay, this was actually just the EMH running a hollow suite, not a hollow suite, a hollow deck program. And this is technically canon to Star Trek Voyager. You know, you're right. Is the thing. <gasps> wait, no, wait, cat, wait, wait, wait. Oh my God, cat, wait. Hang on a second. Okay. The munchies bite him on the neck. Yes. Is their weird saliva the like raw material from which neck drug is created? That's a good question. I was listening to uh, the Polka King episode today. Yeah. Specifically about the part where Emma theorizes that the reason that Jack Black survives getting shanked in the neck. Yeah. Is because of his addiction to neck drug. Yeah. So what if the reason that Brad Brad has a neck drug patch, like, through which he injects his neck drug, assumedly, is because they determine that neck drug actually causes your skin to thicken. So they excise a piece of your skin and they, you constantly keep it open in order to be able to more easily inject neck drug without having to go through thick skin. Okay. And then, like, that's part of... Because the electrical impulses in your body slowly turn that part of your neck to stone, like what happens to the munchies. Oh, shit. So mun- so neck drug is munchie saliva. Yes. Is that... Is I, I, I the- assume it's been, like, distilled and had a bunch of other chemicals mixed in, a la crystal meth. Does this have anything to do with Chekhov's glowing green liquid? Yes, Chekhov's glowing green liquid, we could probably assume to be the precursor to neck drug. Yes. What if neck drug is grown from a bacterial culture? Yes. So they have a bacteria colony that grows neck drug, and they have to use the time agency to harvest more of it by jumping forward and taking neck drug, but they eventually take too much, and now they have to jump back and steal it back, and that's why there's time travel involved. Yes, absolutely. I think we've nailed it. Okay, I'm glad we figured this out. I do want to note that the description 
of this movie on Amazon describes um, the old baseball archaeologist guy as a space archaeologist. Yes, it does. And I don't know why. (laughs) Neither do I. But are these creatures aliens? Possibly. Which are these the aliens that Brad McBrad's daddy was looking for? Because they were in the distant, in the not too distant future, they were out of neck drug. Yes. They ran out of the supply in the 90s. Yes. Which is why they invented the time agency. Yes. Oh my God. And Brad McBrad's dad, McDad, is looking (laughs) for the Munchies aliens. Yes. Are Munchies larval flop jaws? possible no they are not and i know this because they drink and drive that's true that's true unless flopjaw saw the error of her ways as a wanton youth oh true true, and that was on a crusade against drunk driving because she made a mistake and accidentally killed some of her fellow munchies oh but what okay but what if flopjaw and the munchies are from the same galaxy and their races are at war. Oh. Which explains the whole similar aesthetic of bad puppet that goes on with them. That explains a lot, actually. It, I think we've kind of, I think we've we've cracked this egg, made an omelet, and served it to Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. And he And then he threw it out. He threw it at me and said this is the worst omelet I've ever had. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm vegan. I don't know how to cook an omelet. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, did we have any? Oh, yeah, I was going to read the summary of Munchie, the movie I watched originally. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Gage Dobson is a young boy dealing with various problems in his life. He is constantly bullied at school by his fellow students and the teachers. His widowed mother, Kathy, is dating the creep, Dr. Elliot Carlyle, with whom Gage has a mutual hatred. And the girl he adores, Andrea, who doesn't seem to know he exists. Gage's only friend is Professor Crookshank, who everyone considers a crackpot. After wandering into an abandoned mine, Gage finds a creature that calls itself Munchie. Gage runs home, frightened by the creature, only to find that Munchie followed him home. Munchie explained to his new, quote, pal that he has magical powers and can help him out with his problems in personal, his personal life. Munchie's help, however, only causes Gage more trouble. Munchie helps him get revenge on the school bullies. One is continually humiliated during a performance of Roly and Juliet. The other is beaten up in the washroom. A Canadian wrote this. Um... <laughs> But he also helps to embarrass the school principal who threatens Gage with expulsion. Fed up with Munchie's machinations, Gage takes him to Crookshank, who reveals that Munchie is an eternal creature that has been part of every major civilization since time began. Gage leaves Munchie with Crookshank, only to have Munchie return to his house, put together a huge party while Kathy and Dr. Carlisle are out on a date. The party is a big hit. Gage's principal, who attends, tells him he won't have to worry about expulsion. Andrea and Gage finally get the chance to talk, and they hit it off well. While Kathy and Dr. Carlisle are on their date, Carlisle manages to disgust her with his misogynistic attitudes. 30-something divorces with children are a glut on today's market. And she demands he take her home early. They arrive and find the party in full swing. Kathy is furious with Gage, but when Carlisle finds a sleeping munchie, kidnaps him and forces... It takes him to his office for experiments. With the help of Andrea Crookshank, Gage manages to get Munchie back, and the chase ensues, culminating with Carlisle crashing into a donut shop and getting arrested by nearby cops. Munchie leaves to join Crookshank on a foreign expedition, promising Gage that they'll see each other again someday. Dom DeLuise got paid money for this. What an absolute legend. Um, Andrea was played by a very young Jennifer Love Hewitt. I've just discovered why the Munchies were horny. Well, okay. When original munchie boy was in the duffel bag on the couch at home before the fucking happens mm-hmm. uh sunsistent gives him a porn magazine oh it was the porno that made him horno it- 
Okay, so most episodes you say stuff that makes me laugh hysterically. I've kind of been on fire this episode. Yeah, yeah, you have. So, yeah, it's... So, there's... These movies are weird and shouldn't be watched. Yeah, but we're right. gonna watch three more of them. Yeah, I guess. I guess we are. Next up is Critters, which I've been warned is the weirdest of the three. Four? I want to read a review... Actually, okay. one more review from IMDb. I didn't read it earlier because it had spoilers, but um, <clears throat> it's titled Sequel? Question mark. This movie may remind you of Gremlins. In fact, I'd recommend Gremlins after this. Simon Waterman, Harvey Corman, and his son, Paul, Charles Stratton, are in Peru studying a temple. Soon an Indian starts chanting some words and then a creature comes to life. Simon and Paul take him home, where Paul names him Arnold. Soon Cindy, Nadine Vanderveld, comes in. After a few hours in, Paul introduces Arnold to a porno magazine. Then we cut to a scene of love. Don't worry, you don't see nothing. But it looks as if Arnold wants to get into the fun as he climbs into the bed with them. Laugh fest. Since Simon's brother Cecil Waterman, Harvey Corman, and his stepson Dude, John Stafford, plan a heist to kidnap Arnold, which they do. And soon it brings to a point that Dude is killed and that Arnold becomes a quadruplesome, which means he will regenerate and become four. Soon, Arnold and his pals are on a quest of fun and laughs that include running an old lady off the road, running bikers into a lake, swimming in the lake with two ladies, and golf time. But it doesn't take much time for the ending to come. The thing I don't understand is this. They didn't kill the one that was trying to get to Cindy. All he did was disappear. But still, he wasn't killed. Oh, and the only way to kill them is by electricity. Yeah, it was... It was a weird one. They went on a quest of fun. Including swimming in the lake with two ladies. I'm on a quest of fun. Does he consider, does this reviewer consider that to be a normal swim time activity? Stripping someone non-consensually? I don't know. Because don't, don't swim with that guy. Arnold becomes a quadruplesome, which means he will regenerate and become four. So, do you ever wish you could be a quadruplesome? I've already d- done that. So why aren't you editing some of the podcasts or at least one version of you? Oh, we're talking about four copies of me. Yes. Oh. I'm talking about a foursome. I've done that too. I'm talking about a quadruplesome. Because those are different things. Okay. We've defined a four a foursome is when four people have sex together. A quadruplesome is when one person becomes four. Okay. They will regenerate and become four. Yes. So why have you not regenerated and become four yet? What are uh, you afraid of? I'm afraid of being even hornier. That's fair. Yeah, I feel like that would kill me. Do you multiply your horniness when you become a four? <sighs> or? Yeah, you get really forny. That's why they call it fornication. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I quit the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We sure didn't. Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. For the latest updates, follow our Twitter account at so Says Media. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Comedy is best enjoyed together. All music on this episode was created by Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com for more. Until next time, thanks for listening.